podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Need me to confess. Need to confess. Need to confess. Need to confess. That's what I'm talking about. Sushi, so didn't it? It's like you heard what happened. Me at the cup game. It's all, it's all over the papers, isn't it? But that was the night she went into labour. And I was there. Not with her. Nation and uh, welcome to the channel. We got an infra treat today. Uh, but just for those who may be new to the channel, we do all sorts of shows. We do football, MMA, boxing. Uh, we've had bands on, we've had actors on, we've had doctors on. We do mental health and sports series, we do conspiracy theory, uh, serial killer files, all sorts of stuff. You pretty much find anything. But uh, we do live football show every Monday with uh, special guests, footballers, current and past managers coaches etc we do a championship show every friday which is live as well and uh, we have the danny batten fight show every wednesday plus all those other previous mentioned shows intermittently throughout the year but uh, you can find the video versions youtube.com slash ace podcast nation and then the audio versions of every show we do at the usual uh, podcast and radio platforms just search ace podcast nation and you'll probably find about 380 odd shows but uh, with no further ado, I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, and he is uh, actor Chris Johnson. You would have seen him in uh, many films, including, uh, let's start, I love this list, 24 Little Hours, we've got Hooligan Le- Legacy, Essex Vendetta, Who Needs Enemies, uh, Welcome to the Punch, particular favourite of mine, but uh, yeah, welcome my friend, how are you buddy? I'm good as gold, how are you? Good to be on. I'm all- Oh, good, mate. I'm glad, glad we get done because obviously we started speaking just before Christmas, wasn't it? And um, yeah. and that came about yeah. just by I was watching. I think I can't forget off the top of my head now which one it was. I think it was. I think I watched two. I think I watched Who Needs Enemies and uh, Twenty Four Little Hours. Tweeted about it, tagged you in it, and you replied. And I was like, as I do, come on, come on yeah, the channel, I, I, mate. Any any positive comments? I'm in. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. The thing but, is, you um, never know. On, never know on Twitter about positive comments. You probably get a lot of like negativity on there, don't you? Well, yeah, yeah. As I say, if anybody's complimented the film or, or nice about anything we've done, of course, I'll, I'll reply. I'll try to reply as, to as many as I can. They're all, you know. But um, we it, had mate. a bit of a technology problem last time, didn't we? Yeah. So I think we were going to do it. I forget now if it was just before Christmas or just after, but. Um, you were you were away, weren't you? And um, yeah. the connection wasn't that great, so we decided to uh, just decided to to wait until we could get a better connection. Which looks uh, I'm going to curse it now by saying it looks good. So um, yeah, I was, I was in the middle of nowhere. I was in Gloucester at the time, in the middle of a field. So yeah, I, I hoped it would work, but we're we're good now. We're here now. So that's it, mate. And I think the thing is, when you're depending on technology and stuff like that, it's it's out of your hands to a certain degree as well. 
But um, we've had a few questions from people, which we'll get we'll get to in a minute. And um, I got a few questions. Obviously, we'll have a chat about some stuff. But yeah. um, I, I guess what I like to do when I do these sorts of shows is kind of take take the guests back to the start, ask them just to tell us a little bit about like them and the, where they grew up and the early days. I guess. I think that's where we where we've sort of uh, sort of come across each other. I, I'm originally from Middlesbrough. So yeah, I'm from Borough, uh, Borough boy, born and bred. My my dad, my stepdad, was a uh, Borough player, um, uh, Peter Johnson. Played for Middlesbrough, went to Darlington. Uh, I think he started at Newcastle before. I know Borough, then Newcastle, then Darlington. So he did all the northeast clubs in a row. Um, and 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 my mum's sister married Gary Hamilton, who was a Middlesbrough footballing legend. You know, Glasgow, yeah, yeah. unbelievable player. Um, unfortunately, his career was cut short, but uh, yeah, absolute battering ram in the middle. Ask anybody in Middlesbrough, he's a legend up there. But uh, my dad um, only had a spell at Borough. Arthur Cox signed into Newcastle, um, and then he uh, he went to Darlington for uh, Cyril Knowles. Okay. Um, if we can get into that, there's some stories mm-hmm. there. But um, then when I was about, I think about eight years old, he, he got signed by uh, Dave Webb at Southend United. So I moved down here. With a borough accent and a mullet, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and you know, um, into and stayed here. So obviously, so when I went to school here, so when he retired, they moved back up north. But um, obviously, because I knew everybody here, I went travelling after I left school, and then when I came back, I came back to down south because I, I just felt more at home here. So was was football something which you were interested in, like as a kid, and in terms of like as a teenager, and that were you would you would you have. Were you good at football? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I was a decent player. I was a decent player. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and say I was one of those ones that you know. If I if I hadn't have injured myself, I would have made it. I probably mm. never got. I'd probably never had the dedication to get to pro level. I, if I'd applied myself at the right time, I might have made a league two centre back at best. But um, yeah. I was a decent player. But I was a striker. I, I've always played up front. I've always been number nine. I still play now. Um, Vets league. But um, yeah, always loved football. It was one. Of, it was one of those things at the time when I should have applied myself the most. It was when it was the last thing on my mind, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I am. Um, sorry, I yeah. Uh, I do. I'm the same as that, mate. I uh, when I was like I was alright, and then when I about fifteen, sort of fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, I sort of got picked for like, um, you know, like what's it called like south wales the south wales fa school of excellence and like academy trials and all these sorts yeah. of things but by that point i was more interested in girls i'd started smoking <laughs> and you try telling a teenage teenage boy who's literally more interested in doing that that he's got to go to training yeah. three times a week and like i just yeah it didn't happen at all and, and that's not even me saying i would have been good enough but I never found out I mean, because uh... I, I played. At, I played at a decent level. I mean, I, I used to play up front with a fellow called Paul Benson, and he ended up going pro with um, Luton and uh, Dagenham Redbridge, and he brought them into the league. So great player, fantastic player. And I think we had a season together where I scored forty and he scored seventy-five. <laughs> he, um, but just an unbelievable player. But and then I was young, and my dad was at Southend United. I remember them saying, I remember the chairman, it was Vic Jobson at the time, just joking, just joking, obviously, I was a young kid going, oh, we've got plans for you, little Johnson. Or you be... And I remember sitting there going, I might not want to be a footballer. <laughs> I, might not, I might not want to do that. And um, I wish I'd stuck to it now, to be honest. But um, 
yeah, I, I, 15, I was gone. 15, 16, I was gone. I was already, I was living in Tenerife by the time I was 16 and a half by myself. Was it? That's it. That's that's unusual. Like you don't hear many people living abroad at that age, like on their yeah, own. Do you? I, was, I was always I was always an independent lad, but um, I knew as soon as I sort of ha- I was allowed any independence, I was off. Yeah. And I lied what, to what were you doing out in Tenerife then? Out there, I became, sixteen. I became a timeshare tout by the time I was seventeen. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Oof, I don't know. I don't know how popular that'll and, be. And, and people say to me, "What drama school did you go to?" I said, I "Never went to drama school, but I was a timeshare town in Tenerife for five years." <laughs> yeah, um, I couldn't have had any, any better baptism into um, characterization of you know people and accents and body language and facial expressions. Like, got to get people um, to believe what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, but also to read people and to understand conversation and inflections of words, and it's, it all becomes natural to you. So my first audition, they sent me the script, and I walked in. I was like, ah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get unbelievable nerves in auditions. I get, you know, before I'm in there, I, I feel like I'm going to pass out. But once I'm in there, it's like in my head, I'm like, watch this, watch this. Yeah, you weren't expecting yeah. this, you know. It's like the like the build up to stuff, isn't it? Like, I think. Some of the, right, some, like some of the, terrific. some of the, some of the bigger shows I've done, like on just with this, like I've done, I think probably coming up to four hundred shows now. But even some of the biggest shows which we've done, like especially some of the, the Welsh footballers, who like I grew up, like idolising and like they were my heroes. That's very yeah. difficult, but in the build up, but then as soon as it starts, it's you just I forget about it. But that it's just that thinking about it beforehand. It's them. I've always, I've always um, used the, the analogy of football with it. It's like trying to walk in um, as a player and saying, "Right, you got, you got two minutes. Show me how good you are." Yeah. And you're like, I, I can't show you how, how good I am. You need to put me in a game. And you're like, you can't be in the game until you pass this audition. You're like, okay, so what do you, you know, what do you want me to do? There's no way I could possibly show you how good I am and what I'm capable of in these two minutes in front of you. So that, so you have to try and, you know, it, it's, it's the best way to describe it. Interesting, isn't it? Because, like you say, how much how much can someone judge off you in a few minutes? It's difficult um, because they have to see so many. But the, the real thing is, it's um, you, you've you've just got to stand out slightly. But what they want to see, no one will ever know. So you can never worry about it because I, I've seen people lose parts and get parts because of you know an inch in height or the color of the dark you know of their hair compared to the child that's already picked. It's, you know, it could be anything. You can never take it personally. You really can't. That's interesting, isn't it? Like, there's so many different reasons why things they might be looking for. Oh, it's a million different reasons. A million. It could and be out, out of your hands as well, couldn't it? It could have nothing to do with your performance. It could just you be... Do, if you walk out the audition and, and, and go, right, I've done the best I can do, that's it. Forget about it. That's all you can do. If you get it, great. If you don't, don't worry about it. Um, there's a lot. There's some that you want more than others, obviously. And you kind of, yeah. you know, you've got your fingers crossed, but you can't worry about it. As long as you've done your job, you've done your bit, you've done your best, you, you go home and you can be happy. But, it, yeah, as I say, it because because they could have had the perfect lead woman. And I'm too tall. I'm too tall for that woman. It could be anything. Can't, yeah, you can't do anything about that then, can you? No, so, of course not. So me. you were out... Sorry, mate. You were out in, um, you were out in Tenerife, age 17, doing the timeshare yeah. stuff. Where did that sort of change come then from from sort of timeshares and, and Tenerife to acting? 
well, as I say, there was a really easy transition there. I learned my trade as an actor, I think, out there, without a doubt. I was quite successful at the job. Um, apologies to anybody that we, <laughs> we took in for the timeshare, but that was what, how I learned my trade. I earned good money and I was, I was good at it. Um, and it was very much my coming of age out there. I went out there very much a boy and came back a man, you know, um, probably grew half a foot in height and uh, half a foot wider. Um, and I came back a very different person. You know, uh, I went out there thinking I knew it all and I came back realizing I didn't know it all, but I knew more than I did. Um, I was only here for a little while. Oh, gosh, I ended up having a son. Let's cut a long story short. I ended up having a son. And um, I, it was the his mother is more of a friend. So we were never really together. And um, we we get on great. We have a fantastic relationship still to this day. I have a fantastic son. I get on really well with his mom and her family this year. They have two kids together. But I was here now. I knew it. I was going to stay here to be a dad. I wasn't going anywhere anymore. No more traveling. No more surfing and doing whatever I wanted. I was staying in the UK. So I thought, if I'm going to do this, since I was a kid, I was all, everybody in the family's always said, look, you know, you're, you're either going to make the family name by being in prison and running a gang, <laughs> or, or, or you're going to be an actor. And I always wanted to do it. I was always reciting lines and reading scripts and watching scenes and reciting them from a very young child. I could always do accents. I could always play around with things. So I thought I'm just going to go. So I did. Excellent. So what was um, what was that first first what was the first audition you did? Uh, see, I tell this story a lot of people. A lot of people ask me this. There's, the true story is there's two of them. I originally went for a music video um, for a young artist still a friend now um, called Mudja and it was about domestic violence and I played the domestic violence father and it just it, it just um, it, you know when you just something you something solidifies you when you're in front of the camera I just knew that's what I was meant to do genuinely you know without sounding too like spiritual or anything I just knew that's what I was meant to do I'd never been more content in anything I'd ever done before so then I did another yeah. audition there was a guy I met on set uh, on another, been an extra. I was an extra for about six months, just behind the scenes. But I knew very well that's not all what I wanted to be. I knew what I wanted to do uh, just by being on set. I, I understood what it took. I think. Uh, yeah, I, thought that, that. I find that fascinating um, because, like, we just had a chat just before we started recording about my situation and about how I started doing this, and yeah. like, I had sort of best part of twenty years of of doing something else and I was you know I was good to that but I never really I'd say there wasn't very many days where I got up and went to work and enjoyed it and then my situation changed through no sort of you know no fault of my own there was no big decision it was a decision which was made for me because of a, a car accident and then yeah. I've ended up doing this and I feel like I will I sometimes I feel like I really wish I had done this like 15 years ago but then equally before the internet and stuff like this, it would have been a different route again. Um, so yeah, like we had a, go on. Same for me as well in that aspect. The the technology made it more accessible for me to get into independent films. Independent films didn't have the, the release or the, the stretch or outreach that they do now without the technology. So yeah, without a doubt. Wicked. I, I I find it really interesting, Major I do, because like you know, for all the faults that technology has and the problems that it causes in various various yeah. ways and fields, like ultimately, it's changed the game for the posi- for, for for from a positive aspect for so many things. And like 
like just very quickly i got asked i, I did someone else's podcast on thursday and they yeah. asked me about our, our football show which is like sort of the flagship show with the channel um, and the monday f- football show where we've had all sorts of footballers and coaches and stuff and they said oh what would your ultimate aim be for that show and i was like well if you'd asked me about six months ago i'd have said you know a slot on the radio talk sport something like that tv yeah, just something yeah. like that to take it to the you know the the, yeah. the best place it could be and then in the sort of past six months i've kind of realized that we don't have to do that to to take it to where we want to want it wanted to go At the end of the day yeah. if it if it pays the bills and you enjoy doing it if you can do it through the internet and get sponsors and funding and everything independently and do it yourself you're still in control of it and like also how do you think Talksport started yeah that's it started from somewhere mate didn't it i think they've um off the top of my head they changed about three times haven't they they were talk radio for a while and it's just that thing that was everything comes from a fella sat on his own with a little bit of guile ready to push himself and go for it a little bit more and, and then it's like it gets picked up you know it's exactly the same situation you can sit on your ass and hope it happens one day or you can get up and go and do it without sounding like a, a motivational speaker that's exactly what it is yeah it's um, yeah I 100%, 100% agree because again I don't want to talk too much about me because I'd rather talk about you but like we um, like we hit I think quarter of a million views or whatever the other week or last week or the week something yeah last week so Brilliant. it doesn't sound it don't sound like that much for a you know for a youtube channel there's channels out there with millions and millions and all sorts of you know bigger channels but like for me like this is it's literally just me in my house i started you know i just built it from just an idea a thought of something yeah. to help me with my own sort of mental health and try and get my head around some stuff certain things and it's just kind of grown and grown and keeps growing so like that was a big kind of do you find, do you find, it, does, do you find it does help your mental health big time i um i'd be lost without it because it gives me something to focus on like obviously i had that car accident and it changed my like my ability of what i can and can't do physically yeah. and that had like a, a really bad uh you know impact on my mental health because my wife, who when we had, when I when we had the crash, like she'd been married to me two weeks, uh, yeah, two weeks. We'd been together Jeez. a lot longer, so a she went from like. Well, mate, I say this all the time. Like, so we got married at the time. We had two kids. It was six and four, I think, at the time, and we got married. We had plans to do this, that, and the other. We both worked full time. She was by the time she was pregnant. By the time the sort of. Uh, the time we had the car accident, so she was pregnant with our third third child. Then we had the car accident. Everything's changed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's not just the fact that she had to do more with the kids. She had for three years. She had to um, wash me, dress me, do all that sort of stuff, yeah, feed me. Do you know what I mean? And I I say all the time, a lot of a lot of women would have said, "Look, I'm really sorry. This isn't what I signed up for." And it's not hats off, um, hats off to your missus. Hats off to your missus, buddy. Wow, she had sickness in health real quick, mate. Real quick, but yeah, in uh, in and <laughs> she went back and checked any small print in that and those out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sitting there just to double check there was no uh, no root. <laughs> no, she um, get out. <laughs> yeah, 
But um, yeah, no, the answer to your question, like I think once I started doing this, just probably just under two years ago, I think it is now, like straight away, it gave me something to get my teeth into and, and creatively and just build. And it started off where I was just doing it. I was really just doing it on my phone, on Skype. Yeah. And then I was like, I want this to look a bit better. Yeah. And then as it's gone on, I'll change different things and I've invested in better equipment and just kind of gone from there. And like, as it's growing bigger and bigger, I'm thinking of different series and creatively to what I can do to do different stuff, just taking a bit of a life of its own. But um, who was the um, who was the first like big actor which you met through like through your own work? Um, see, that depends. It depends what you call a big actor. The first time I saw someone, <laughs> okay. So I, the, well, as I said, I did a little bit of extra work at first, and, what, and I was in uh, Captain America, um, uh, the. The first Avenger, the first what the first one they did, and I'm there's a scene yeah. in it um, where I'm an American GI and I'm right at the front, and when he's on stage, when you know when he's just doing the little tour, and it cuts yeah, to yeah, him yeah. doing all the tours and he's punching Hitler and all this, and then it cuts to about a thousand American GIs sat in front of him, in Italy, and I'm at the front, sat there, and they're they're not buying the show, so I shout out something in American, what was it? Uh, um, Bring out the girl! Uh, bring out the girls! That was it. And he goes, they only know one song. And then another friend behind me throws tomatoes. So we we we'd been sat there for a week. They'd used, we'd been on set for a whole week. Uh, they hadn't used us. We'd been sitting on these tanks, reading newspapers, being fed the finest food. We had a menu for food. We were all in full costume and makeup every day, and they never used us. All full pay. Nearly a hundred of us. You wonder where these big budget movies where the money goes. And on the last sure. day, we, we were like, well, we're not going to be used. And they brought us all in. He wanted us. We, we, he brought us in and we shot all that scene. And after it finished, I was stood at the side and I looked to my right and there's this little old guy just stood to the right of me. And you know when you go, I know him. And your head goes, I know yeah. him. And I went, all right, buddy. How you doing? And he went, all right. And just kind of turned and walked away. And he, in my head, I went, shit, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> 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 Because he was, because he was so small, I think I hadn't. My my brain hadn't registered it, and he, nice. you know, he obviously got too close to me by accident. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that that was the first one that I, well I was done. near. But the first one I met and spent time with, I was the only time I've ever been genuinely starstruck um, was a, I'll say it out loud, terrible film um, called um, Just for the Record, and it had Rick Mail in it, um, and I was in yeah. the background and he was just unbelievable um i just you know i'd watch bottom young ones and stood there just staring at him and uh, he came and sat and had lunch with us on the bus and everybody was trying to talk to him so i thought i'm not going to hassle him i'm not going to hassle this guy i'm just going to play it cool play it cool and um, everyone was trying to talk to him so he, he he finished his lunch and decided to indulge everyone and uh he said um okay so what was your favorite character that i played and they all said oh i oh, love bottom and you know, they're reciting the lines to him and, oh, I loved young ones and all this. And he sort of looked at me to the right as if, you know, he could tell I was bursting to speak to him, you know. <laughs> and he went, what's your favourite? And I went, oh, it's got to be Cap Captain Flashheart um, in Black Adder. And he went, that's my favourite character. And I went, really? Yeah, I and he went, my favourite character, character I've ever played. And he told me the story about how 
none of none of them knew what he was going to do. When he did the rehearsals, nobody knew what he was going to do. And when he burst through the door, you know, and go woof, and you know, and does all this bit in the. He says, if you look at Rowan Atkinson's face, he's in shock just like everyone else. He has no idea yeah. that he's about to do that. He nearly breaks the door off the hinges as he breaks through. But yeah, he sat there talking to me. I was just in awe. I was just in awe of the guy. Um, and they all had pictures with him. Uh, and I didn't I didn't want to be, you know, on call. I didn't have a picture with him, and I really wish I had. Um, yeah, really sad, you know. I really wish I had. Yeah, he's... Um, so I think, especially, like, if you're British and you're into comedy... Um, and you're like around our age, I think. Like, he is one of the true icons, true and like true, le- true legend. Yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah. I've never heard anyone or seen an interview with anyone like say like a bad word about him. Um, he just seems I, like he was just story, a genuine actually, story. He, he went into the toilet, and the guy that owned the nightclub where we were filming had gone in and so I'm washing my hands in the bathroom and he and Rick Mail's walked in, he's walked over to the urinal and he's going for a wee. So, you know, in my head I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's going for a wee in the same <laughs> And then the nightclub owner where we were filming's walked in behind him and said, Rick, sorry, buddy, do you mind if you can we can I get a picture when you come in? He goes, Yes, that's fine. But I'm quite an old man and I'm trying to get my willy to work. Do you mind fucking off? <laughs> 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 I was just like this, you know, that was just, yeah, mm. amazing. Perfect, that is. That must be difficult, like, I don't know, like, what, do you have ever have, like, people asking you for photographs or autographs or, like, in inappropriate um, I, times? I have, I have a mixture. People have either seen my films or they haven't. Um, so yeah. many guys around my age that are into football and stuff, they've seen the hooligan films, they kind of know who I am, but everybody's always respectful with me. What I get a lot of, is they go past me in the high street and their brain goes, I recognize him. He's not famous. Yeah. I must know him. So they go, hey, how you doing? I go, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they don't know me. <laughs> they have no idea who I am. So I just go politely. Just go, yeah, how you doing, buddy? But yeah. Yeah, this got to be tricky, man. But I get a lot of where maybe, people maybe, maybe seen the, the film the night before. And they might bump into me in, in a chip shop. I had a moment in a McDonald's once where one started to ask for a picture and an autograph and then everybody did and I'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. half the people that were doing it had no idea who I was you know so what I like to do uh, Chris as well mate is uh, something which is, is taken over from the, the football show and it's called Mag- Magnificent Seven and what it is it's uh, seven quick fire questions that some more difficult than others I, I sometimes tr- chuck a grenade in there to see how see what people say but uh, you know they're only in jest not supposed to cause you any issues, shall we say? But uh, let's have a go with that. Magnificent Seven. Nice and easy to Shoot. start. Messi, Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Good man. Uh, Favourite TV show? Oh, my word. Um, what are we talking here? What are we talking? Anything, innit? Whatever you like. What what, what you watch the most? Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. That's good. I still haven't. I've watched the first episode or, and I haven't watched any or, since. Or, or first 48. Yeah, nice. Uh, angriest person you've ever been on set with? <laughs> um, oh, what's his name? Jeff. Uh, what's the ginger one from the business? Oh, um, 
You know the angry one in the business? Yeah, yeah, I know him. I just can't think of what his name is. Uh, Jeff something. Yeah. Jeff Bell. Uh, Jeff Bell. Is it Bell? Yeah, 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 it is. Isn't it? He, was, he, was, he was hilarious. He was funny. He was great. But, yeah. <laughs> don't, get, don't get on the angry wrong side man. of him. Don't get on the wrong side of him. <laughs> uh, Danny Dyer or Tama Hassan? Both friends of mine. So, uh... Making you Danny. pick between your friends. Danny. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Oasis or Blur? Oasis. Good. Thank God for that. I thought we were going to have to fall out then. But uh, Stephen King or Steven Spielberg? Spielberg. And uh, finally, the best director you've ever worked under and why? It's got to be, it's got to be Peter Stiliano. He started my career. He, he put his neck out for me when nobody else would and gave me Who Needs Enemies. And I've, I've come full circle. I've just done another one with him and he's just as enjoyable. He's, an, he's a really complex character. I think some people um, don't understand him or don't get him, but I get him. Love him. Good stuff. Good stuff. So um, we had a few questions sent in um, by the people. And um, I've got a, a couple more questions, but we'll go with the questions from the people first of all. Uh, so Bronze Alicious on Instagram said, uh, "Hey there, hope you're good. Can you ask Chris Johnson the following for me, please? Uh, favorite role to date? Um, Chris, who needs enemies? Uh, dream role? It's got to be Bond or Bond villain. Bond villain would be good, wouldn't it?" Great question. And uh, also, uh, where was your suit from in Who Needs Enemy? Because it was a belter. Bronze, you say. I know this. I know who this is. Kate Bronze. I, I know who this is. She's a she's a she's a old friend. Um, it's from Savile Row. It was made for me for um, by um, an unbelievable tailor. I wish I could remember his name. But yeah, I've still got the suit. Nice, nice. And uh, Mr. Tacker's Cook said, um, who's the actor that you look up to the most and see as a role model? Uh, Gary Oldman. Um, purely because he, he's different in everything that he does. If you, if you sit there and tell somebody that that, that cop in Leon is the, is the, uh, the white raster in, you know, uh, True Romance... They wouldn't believe yeah, you. Yeah. And now is the is the Commissioner Gordon. It's you know, that that to me is is unbelievable. And now he's Churchill. Nobody's ever questioned his American accent. Nobody's ever questioned any character he's ever played. I love it. I also love Daniel Day Lewis, but that's quite cliche. And uh, I, I, I'm sad that Jack Nicholson's retired, and I'll never get to work with him. Who got you into acting? Me. You. The, but the film um, that can, the film that um, sealed it for me was Nil by Mouth with Ray Winston. That's an amazing film, that is. I love it. It's one of my, one of my favourite films, that is. And, yeah, it's um, one of the best films I've, I've ever seen. Mr. Tech is cook. Oh, you also asked, uh, can you let him know if you're definitely coming up for his birthday as well? <laughs> Tech is cook. That's, yeah. um, this is, um, he's, he's a, like, this guy's, he's in Middlesbrough. He's in Middlesbrough. Um, um, I love this guy. Absolutely love him. Um, yeah, tell him I'm there 
Anything, anything yeah. that he wants me to go to, anything he invites me to in Middlesbrough, I'll be there. I love him. Absolute legend, this fella. So, um, uh, what was the other question? Oh, yeah. The, so, uh, JD was asking, uh, have you ever fell out with anyone on set? <laughs> um, nothing serious. Um, there's always moments on set. There's always moments on set. There's a lot of people. Everybody on set cares about what's going on, a lot. So you know, you have moments where you think maybe things aren't going right or whatever. There's always somebody will always have a little moment. I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't say I was a thief, um, but I have been known to tell people to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I've never had a big fallout. I've got a couple of people I wouldn't work with again. But um, no, no real fallout. Anyone you want to talk about? No. <laughs> no, that's right. I had to ask you. After you said it, I had to ask you. Um, and also, you, you Gaz... Be to, you'll be able to tell in 20 years out of the ones I haven't worked with again. <laughs> yeah, that's a go. Um, Gaz says, uh, what's been your most difficult role? <sighs> most difficult was probably Erebus for Black Sight. Um, Any particular reason? Um, well, I'd always played roles that I, I, I was comfortable with and that I had experienced or I had some sort of some some sort of grounding in. Uh, Black Sight was playing a god trapped in a dead convict's body. Um, yeah, it's I, not something you know, it was my it? first sci-fi. It was minus three in tunnels in the middle of nowhere. Um, but um, I learned a lot as an actor. Learned a lot. Um, I remember walking into every single scene. I had so much dialogue. And I walked into every scene. I remember walking into them thinking, what the hell is my lines? What are my lines? I haven't got a clue. Not, literally couldn't pluck one of those lines out of, out, of, out of my head. And as soon as they said action, it was just there. It just came out. Very, you know, if you speak to the director, I don't think I dropped, I think maybe once or twice, I might have dropped a line where somebody had come in early and cut me, but it was just all there. I'd been so mm. concerned about getting it right and I'd read it so much. It was all in there. I just needed to relax. Yeah, but yeah that, that was very difficult. Something I've always wondered about like acting and particularly on like a longer movie or like TV shows and stuff is like, one, because my memory is shocking, how on earth do actors remember all this dialogue and all these uh, all these scenes and stuff because they don't always film them in order either, which is you know is another thing. And I just kind of wondered, are you expected to you know to know every single word of every single scene, or are you expected to know the gist of it? And then if you oh no no you've got to know your line. That's, like, that's, that's, a, that's a difference between uh, that's not a difference between a good actor and a bad. That's a difference between a professional actor. Yeah yeah. I, I know all my lines. I know everyone else's lines. And I think, I think, like, when I think about it, because obviously I got zero experience in learning things like lines and stuff other than as a kid. But, but, neither, did, but neither did I. I never thought I'd be, ever be able to learn lines. It's the importance of it. Um, mm. do, you know, do you have a TV show or a movie that you love and every yeah, time yeah. it comes on you could, you could sit there and mime it if you wanted to, right? Yeah got a few of those right okay so all you have to do that's a place in your brain that you go to that's not because you've watched it so many times that's the interest that you have in it mm. so what you do is i put i I, you, I tap into that bit 
So I, I be, it becomes so important to me. Have you ever read a book as well and gone two pages and gone, I didn't read any of that? Yeah. So it's exactly the same thing. It's because you've not engaged that part. So I've just, I've just, I, I know how to get my brain interested and engage it. And once I'm doing that, it just goes in. It just goes in. I, sometimes I think it's not, but it is. This was still, still wild to me because it must be more difficult as well when it's filmed out of order. Um, but I, I, don't I, like that. I don't I don't like that. I don't like that because, um, you know, I, I, I always like to know where I've come from. So what? So if it's in sequence, I know where I am in my head. Yeah, yeah, of course. And what I've just shot, I know what, what's just happened. I know what I know what my mood is. I know how to take this when it's not chronolo- chronological. I need someone to go to me. Right, Chris, you've just come from here. This is what's just happened. Yeah, and yeah. It, you know, it's it could be a bit yeah. of a mind mind It can take then, you out of it. It can take you out of it. You can lose a little bit of the quality because of it. Would you say you're like a like a method actor, like, no, or do you just no. dip in and out? No, but um, no, but I have employed those that before. It depends. I always thought method acting was quite indulgent and not needed. Okay. But some some characters do. So, for instance, Erebus, I stayed in character most of the day. Not like everybody had to treat me like that, but I just, yeah. kept, you know, I stayed away from everybody. I stayed in the tunnels about an hour before. I didn't go near anyone. I, li- I you know, I was him. Um, mm. Chris in Who Needs Enemies, once, was, once the suit was on and I came downstairs, nobody spoke to me. Do you prefer playing like a... A villain type character, like a bad character, or a, a good character. Always the villain. Always. always. The villain. That I, so, I always wanted. I always wanted to be the hero. I always wanted to be the lead because I thought that's yeah, yeah. what it was. I thought that was the pinnacle. And I played the lead a few times. It's boring as hell. You got. Be, <laughs> you got. You got to be so vanilla. You got to be so vanilla because you, you're the vehicle for the for the audience. Yeah, so course. they have to. So they've got to be able to. You're them. So they've got to be able to stay with you all the time. So if you're too up and down, they'll lose you, and they can't. They can't relate to you. So you've got to be vanilla all the way through. But as a villain, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you can do whatever you I want. Like I can that. go wherever I want with it. I can play with it. I can, yeah, I can snarl. I can do whatever I want because I'm. I'm the villain. I'm the bad guy. You don't know. You. I'm not. I'm nothing to do with you. I can do whatever yeah, yeah. I want. I like that. I like that a lot. I think I'd be better at a villain than a goodie, but I don't know. It is. What I promise, it is, you, I I promise you, it's much more fun. The um, so I was um, just having a look. Then, like obviously, we mentioned at the start of the show, um, we started speaking back in November after I'd watched um, Twenty Four Hours in London, and I uh, yeah. and I sent you sent you a tweet, or whatever. Um, and one of the things which stood out for me is when I tweeted that I I was about an hour or so into the film, I think. And you hadn't even said that you hadn't spoken, but your performance, even though you hadn't spoken, had really kind of captivated me into the film and caught my eye. Like, to me, that says a lot about your abilities as an actor, that you didn't have to speak for me to be interested in the character. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you now, I don't think I pulled it off in that film. I don't, do think, really? I pulled, I don't think I pulled off what I wanted to do. No, not at all. I don't think I came close to what I wanted to do. Um, what had happened? I'd just finished. Um, uh, er- I just p- I finished Black Sight as Erebus. It was all dialogue. As I said, it was a difficult role for me to play. Um, and when I finished it, I went straight on holiday. 
just for a break. And that's when I got the call and spoke to about 24 hours in London. I, I'd been, I'd put myself forward for it beforehand. And then I, and then I realized it was no dialogue. So I jumped right into it. And I thought, you know, I can pull this off. Can I, can I pull this off with no dialogue? Um, and there's certain bits I loved, um, there's certain bits I hated, but I don't think I, yeah, I don't think I pulled it off. No, that's, that's interesting. That is because like I said, I was genuinely like captivated by the character, and obviously, yeah, as, I say, as, as I say, there's some bits. But of you, it, as an actor, you didn't feel like you. I, I should have been more. Subtle, I should have been more subtle. I overacted some parts because I was frustrated because I couldn't talk. Um, I over, you know, too many expressions when I didn't. I just didn't mm. be still. And that's it. That's experience. That's me learning. That was me. You know, I'm still in my apprenticeship now. I'm ten years off being the actor I want to be. But when I watch that, I see an actor desperately wanting to talk and not knowing what to do because he can't. That's what I see. Yeah, I suppose it's. Um, and like you say, it's about learning as well because that's a very different role, isn't it? When you when you've got to act without speaking to to being maybe a villain in something or a hooligan in something or a god in something like it's very different to have to do all your acting with your body and your body language and your yeah, facial expressions it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult and, you know, there was a scene in it where i'm sat between mark bannerman and um and danny midwinter and both of them i know are good really strong actors and both impressed me in the film and to sit between two strong actors that know their trade really well exchanging dialogue and I'm in the background, not talking, was one of the most frustrating experiences of my life. Because yeah. they had moments where they were ad-libbing. Yeah, of course. And I couldn't join in. I couldn't add to that. Oof. And all I wanted to do was be a part of that scene. But really, I was like a, a prop in the background. That's how I felt. Mm. Um, and I shouldn't have seen like that. I should have. What I should have done, and I've spoken to the director about it since, is I should have got up and got out of that scene and said, you don't need me here. Um... And that's what we should have done. But, uh, you know, there's lots of things. There's lots of things you live and learn. You live and learn from stuff. I, you know, there's lots of stuff I look back on and wish I'd done it differently. In fact, everything I've ever done, I would look back on and wish I'd done it differently. <laughs> what, um, so, obviously, uh, when we were going to do this initially, you were, uh, you were you're off to film a project. Um, are we allowed to talk about that a little bit? Or are you yeah, not yes, allowed to we talk are about now. Yes, yes, we are. So I know because you had said at the time we can't really talk about it, but obviously because time's moved on now we can. So that is um, is c confession, uh, is that yeah. correct? And it's with um, the legendary uh, Com Meany, which uh, Com Meany, got, yeah, mate, that must be. Uh, have you worked with him before? No, no, mate, no. this is incredible. It's not just Com Meany; it's Stephen Moyer. There's five people in this movie, um, and that's it. And I'm one of them. It's an unbelievable script. Uh, unbelievable director. Um, yeah, ridiculous. Couldn't believe it. I'd, I'd, I'd throw my name in the hat early on, but there's one of those ones you just think, no way, not a chance. Yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm cutting on the lines here. He's, I'm Cole Meany's son. So, no chance. And I got the late call and I was in. Amazing. What, um, When's that out now, then? June. Amazing. Like, I've been really looking forward to that, because I think that... Uh, so I, am I. So am I, because I've not seen any... You know, I was brought in really quickly. I was... I mean, it's a pivotal character that I play, and he's, you know, he's spoken throughout the film, but I'm the, I'm the big... The finale, that's what... 
you know, that's what I'm part of. And yeah, yeah. I have no idea what the shop is. It's me, Cole Meany and Stephen Moyer. And, um, Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah, true legends of the game, mate. Um, yeah. Nice guys as well. Really good guys. Really good guys. Uh, Gaz sent in another question I just noticed. And he asked, uh, how much fun is it uh, doing films like Undercover Hooligan, Hooligan Legacy, um, Essex Vendetta as well? He says, like, they must have been a lot of fun just to to film and do. Yeah, yeah. do you know what it was with those? All the crews and everybody on there are all still good friends of mine to, to this day. You know, um, okay, so I'll give you a little insight. So Undercover Hooligan was called Undercover. Mm. Hooligan Legacy was called Legacy. Essex Vendetta was called On a Prayer. Those are the films I signed up for. Yeah. But when they're released and to get distribution, to sell them more, those you know, those other words were added. At the time, I was devastated. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to do hooligan films. That's not what I want to do. But that's what got me out there. Mm. And the producers of the films were right because it sold them. Um, and whether it was what I wanted at the time, it, it, it's taken me to where I am now. So I don't regret any of it. But, yeah, what a, honestly, what a, a great time. Yes, what well, I meant. Um, you also you played a doorman in uh, was it a doorman in Welcome to the Punch? That must have been quite the experience because uh, obviously that's a massive British film, but uh, just the people involved in it, Med. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, as I say, small part, but I was with Mark Strong. So yeah, and who was really nice to me, and and actually took me to took me to the side and spoke to me about um, how I should approach stuff, and said I had a, he said you've got a really good look, you should really pursue this, and I was like I am, that's what I'm doing, I'm trying to pursue it. He goes, well, you need to do everything. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, just do everything. Go and do the student films, go and do the, you know, but don't do any extra work. Don't do extra work for too long because that's what you become. Go and do all the student films and learn your trade. And that's what I did. Amazing, yeah. Because there's some huge, huge names in that. But like, that's the, I would imagine for for you, that must have just been almost like a little more of a, just a taster to just want it even more. Because you see James McAvoy, you see Mark Strong, two legends yeah. of the game. That's just, just going to give a, you that. As I say, you learn things throughout. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say who, but I worked with, you know, big, bigger actors and I watched them walk on set and we'd all be sat there and, and you could see all the girls and the guys going, look, there's the lead, there's the lead. There he is, there he is over there. And they just blank them. They just ignore them. And I just I remember thinking in my head, if I ever get to that stage, I will, I will never be that guy. Because it means a lot to people. It's not because of, it's not about you. It's because they've seen you in stuff. It's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not you as a person. They're not, not worshipping you. They've seen you in stuff and it interests them. They want to talk to you. It's interesting. So talk to them. You know, so I, I mean, I always walk up to all the extras, no matter how many, introduce myself, ask them where they've come from, thank them for their time that they've come down and done that for us that day. And it means, the, it means a lot to people. You know better than anybody else. But what it does when you, they watch you on screen, it turns you into something that you're not. Yeah. You just have to remember that you're not, you know? Yeah, like that, th- like 30 seconds speaking to whoever, that can, that can like be, it's hard to say, like I don't want to say life-changing, but like if, if it's like a huge actor, band, whoever, like 30, 30 seconds speaking to someone who is like an idol of yours, that yeah. can really make a difference to to uh, to your day, to your week, to your life. 
I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the, I thirty say, seconds I, I, doesn't make a difference to the person who's given the thirty seconds up, if that makes sense. Yeah, as I, exactly. It's two minutes of my time. As I say, I'm no, I'm nobody's idol, but uh, if somebody's interested in what I've done or they've seen a couple of my films, I've no, oh, oh, they want to talk to me and ask me a question. Jeez, the least I can do is give them some of my yeah, time. Yeah. Right? Do you um, got any interest in like writing and stuff like that? Oh gosh. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, so that story I told you about earlier. Uh, Tenerife timeshare that's written and it's written between me George Russo from uh, who's an unbelievable actor and Greg Hall who's you know one of the biggest directors up and coming directors at the moment and we've written it together and it's basically me at 18 years old in Tenerife Um, and it's an unbelievable I'll keep a lookout for that then mate is um, I suppose lastly uh, to finish us off, mate, I could oh, talk mate. to you for ages, mate. I could talk to you literally for another hour. But um, I tell you what, I'd like. I tell you what, you said this before to me. I'd like to come and do you. I'll come and do you football Monday night bit if you want. Yeah, mate. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, mate. Because um, obviously Andy's a, a borough ex borough striker. He's uh, he's all about the borough. He's borough. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, like a lot of the people who watch live. Uh, they're like it's like a split between Cardiff and Borough fans generally, and then you know there's a few others, but it's very much that's the core audience, like is Borough, and uh, because of because of him, really, like. Be, well, like, I've got I've got I've got a Borough lion on my shoulder. Yeah, yeah. All, all of my cousins have it. Can we keep my phone up without me losing my? Hang on, I'll do it. Look, see, I tell people that I was born with it. Hang on. Unfortunately, uh, Chris's internet, uh, he has a few internet issues, uh, connection issues. So we had to wrap it up there. But uh, Chris is definitely coming back on uh, in the future. We had a fantastic chat. Uh, unfortunately, when we're at the hands of technology, it, it is in fact out of our hands. But it was a phenomenal and fascinating chat with uh, a great actor. And I really urge you, if you're not familiar with Chris's work, check out some of his films. There's a good few of them on. Uh, Amazon Prime, and uh, I urge you to check him out. And he's also got a couple of uh, couple of new ones coming, and uh, a top secret project coming as well. Uh, I urge you to check him out. Follow him on social media. Uh, links to all of that stuffs in the description as well uh, for the episode. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're hoping to get some more actors on, and of course we have bands, uh, musical acts, as well as regular shows on football, mental health, mental health in sport. We've got a film, our films and TV podcast is coming back where we talk about the latest trailers. We look at TV shows, etc. We're coming back with a bang as we uh, review One Division and uh, look at the trailers going into the rest of 2021, among other things. You can also listen to just the audio versions of the usual podcast platforms all around the world. Just everything Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. All those podcast platforms, just search Ace Podcast Nation and there is over 380 shows of all sorts of content and content and uh, guests. When I say top guests, I mean top guests, whether it's top UFC fighters, top Bellator fighters, top boxers, uh, ex-boxers, ex-fighters. Uh, we've had actor Johnny Owen. We've had uh, the bands The Crook on. We've had... Um, rapper T Rev on. We've also had many a footballer. We've had the Cardiff City Chairman Mehmet Dalman on, 
who never does any media at all, which was a fascinating show. We've had Emil Heskey, former England international, Charlie Adam, uh, Joe Jacobson, who plays for Wickham Wanderers. So many top guests to name in all all fields. Whatever whatever show we do, we aim to get top guests. So if you are new to the channel, I urge you to check them out. Even, even the mental health and sports show uh, series we did, a mini-series, uh, myself and my co-host Jacob, who's a, a mental health support worker for the NHS, uh, he and I spoke to Chris Kirkland, former Liverpool and England goalkeeper. We spoke to Keith Gillespie, ex-Manchester United winger, um, among others. Lots and lots of different guests. We're hoping to do a mental health and music uh, series later this year, plus mental health and sports series three. But like I say, so many good, uh, good shows, good series with top guests. Check it out, youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Click that bell for notifications. Most of all, spread the word. Thank you for watching us. Thank you and welcome to all the new viewers. And uh, most of all, thank you to Chris Johnson for joining me because I had a lot of fun chatting to him. He's a top bloke and uh, he did not have to give me his time. Um, I'm a small independently run channel. I tweeted him to compliment him on his film. And before I knew it, he was coming on for a chat. Uh, he was very generous with his time. He's been edited down a little bit because of the connection issues. But uh, he will 100% be back, so keep an eye out for that. If uh, In the meantime, like I said, we had Welsh actor Johnny Owen on previously, uh, which was also a fascinating chat. Two top British talents right there. But uh, in the meantime, take it easy, my friends, and uh, I'll be back with more shows, more content, more videos very soon. In the meantime, you be safe. Take care. See you soon. Need to confess, 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 that was the night she went into labour. And I was there. Not with her. Did you confess? If you don't want to put it in the back of your head, I suggest you stay still. Sports Social Podcast Network.